Hey, good morning, Wawasee. Good to be with you again today on week five of our lockdown. Can you believe it's been five weeks already? I wonder, how are you doing? Uh, Hannah and I, we've, we've had our ups and downs, Hannah and Charlie, and uh, some ups and plenty of downs and plenty of in-between. And uh, until the snow hit, we were doing okay, but now we're just kind of like, eh, we're done with all of this. But I hope you're doing well. I'm glad you at least made it this far to be able to connect with us this morning. And if you're new today or new over these last few weeks, I'm really excited that you've decided to connect with us during these days. And hey, we would love to get to know you. We look forward to meeting you hopefully one day in person. Uh, but, but one thing you could do to just start connecting with us is click that connect with us link, fill out a connect card, and uh, that way we can keep you in the loop on things with emails going out and, and all that good stuff. But hey, I'm really glad that you're here today. You know, last Sunday for Easter, I got a lot of compliments on my sport coat and uh, saying how good I looked. So today I thought I would go with the hoodie and bring those expectations back down where they belong. And so if, if you're frustrated that I'm not dressed up again, well, at least I'm not this guy sitting with no pants running his live stream, right? And I know for a fact there's some of you, this is how you're going to work every day, sitting in front of your computer on Zoom, uh, just looking good from the waist up. I know how this works. So give me at least a little bit of credit. I'm getting fully dressed and coming into the office, and here I am, and I'm excited to be with you today. Well, uh, you know, today we're starting a new series called Uncertain Certainty. And um, would you agree that a lot of life is just really uncertain right now? I mean, when will this stay-at-home order be lifted? When will I get to go back to work? Will I get to go back to work? Uh, when will we ever get to gather again with more than uh, 10, 15, 50, 250 people? When will it get back to normal? Will it get back to normal? Will there be college football this fall? Have you thought about that one? Man, I, so I almost wore my Iowa State hoodie today. I'm a big Iowa State fan. I went to Iowa State. And uh, this year we have a Heisman candidate, Brock Purdy. And it would be the most Iowa State thing ever for the entire football season to get canceled on the front end of them having a great season. There's so much uncertainty right now in life. And you know, when things are uncertain, the one thing you need to do is you need to hold on all the more tightly to what is certain. And uh, there's nothing more certain than Jesus Christ. There's no one, by the way, also who faces uncertainty and uh, who deals with it with more calm and more resolve and greater wisdom than Jesus. So in this series, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to look to Jesus. How does he deal with uncertainty? What does he say about it? Where does he point us and tell us to go? And what does he tell us to do in the midst of uncertainty? We can learn a lot of great things from him, and we're intended to learn from him. Uh, see, every week, while things may seem uncertain, Jesus points us to what is true and what is sure and certain. And this week, we're going to start off talking about, uh, in a really good spot, our foundation. I wonder, is your foundation, the very core of who you are, is it solid or is it uncertain? 
Which is it for you? See, uh, Scripture tells us that Jesus is our sure foundation. Paul writes uh, a letter, his first letter to the Corinthian church. He says, no one can lay a foundation other than the one that's already been laid, and that is Jesus Christ. He's described over and over in Scripture as the rock, the cornerstone of, of, uh, of all that God is doing in the world. Jesus is our firm foundation. And uh, what we're going to see today is if your life isn't built upon that, then your foundation is uh, pretty shaky, and it's not going to last. And Jesus would point us to himself as that foundation. Uh, and, and he would point us to the fact that a sure foundation is life spent with him. Because he is the author of life. He's designed it, and he's designed life to work in a much better way than you or I could ever design or imagine it to work on our own. You know, maybe when you hear the idea that life with Jesus is exciting and is good, you're kind of like, what are you talking about, Josh? Um, well, I wonder, when, when you saw the kids' video in that segment this morning, uh, you know the, the parable that Jesus told there, and Jesus walks on the scene and he goes, hey-oh, what, what was your reaction to him? Did you bristle a little bit and think, man, that seems kind of disrespectful? Or how did you reply? How did you respond? Excuse me. You know, uh, chances are you might have felt that way. And, and probably if you did, it's because maybe you grew up believing somehow that God was just kind of stuffy and uh, no fun and wanting to kind of crush uh, any kind of fun or dreams in your life. But the reality is that Jesus was the most and is the most joy-filled, uh, enthusiastic, kind, loving person by far to ever walk the face of the earth. In fact, the only people who didn't like him were the stuffy religious people. Jesus hung out with, with all kinds of different people. In fact, uh, he hung out with people that were so opposite of him that he was, he was known as a friend of sinners because he'd, hung, he'd hang out with the people uh, who were the riffraff. And uh, I think when he's walking through the neighborhood, hey might be exactly what he would have said to greet people. But maybe on the flip side of that, you don't think that's disrespectful. You just see it and you, see, you saw Jesus walk in going, hey and you thought, oh, that's kind of cute. Man, I'm glad my kids can learn a little something about Jesus, and that's good. You know, he had some good things to say. I respect him. That's good for them to know these things. But if you're honest, your view of Jesus is just that. Kind of nice, kind of good, more of a cartoon, not really any relevance to my own life. Well, uh, here's what I would commend to you is that right after they say, hey, oh, it says this is Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, that you need to consider Jesus and who he really is. In fact, I, I wonder if, if part of God's purpose in all of this, especially maybe for you if you find yourself in that camp, isn't to give you time during this time of isolation and social distancing to, to force you to sit down and really think about and consider who Jesus is, to consider the claims he made about himself. Were they true or was he crazy? Because it's one or the other. And, and this whole series, we're going to be considering Jesus and looking to him. And today, we're considering him as our foundation for life, as the rock on which we're meant to stand. And, and so as we do that, we're going to start off by listening and studying one of Jesus' parables. 
Do you know what a parable is? A parable is a story, but it's a story that's meant to illustrate something. Uh, usually it's, it's meant to illustrate and teach some kind of an attitude or a, a, a truth or a, a spiritual truth, something deeper. That, that's what a parable is. It's a story meant to illustrate spiritual truth. It, it's a story you're supposed to learn from. See, a lot of stories can just be entertaining. In fact, most stories are. But when Jesus tells a story as a parable, he's wanting us to learn something from it. It, it makes me think of when I was a kid, I, we'd watch the Cosby show all the time, and it was pretty lighthearted and kind of fun and goofy stories. And then all of a sudden, there'd be an episode where it would throw in some serious thing, you know, like all of a sudden they find a joint in Theo's history book. Yeah, Siri doesn't get it. She says, I don't understand. All of a sudden, they find a joint in Theo's history book. She needs to pay attention to the parable and learn something, right? And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to pay attention. I need, I'm supposed to learn something here. Well, that's what a parable is. It's meant to teach us something so that we would pay attention and learn. And they compel us. Bruce Barton, he's a biblical scholar, he said parables compel us to discover truth while at the same time concealing truth from those who are too lazy or too stubborn to see it. So in other words, if you want to learn today, because you're going to recognize this parable, you need to lean in and pay attention. You've got to pay attention if you're going to learn what Jesus is trying to teach you and to teach me today. So that being said, uh, let's read from Matthew chapter 7, and let's check out this parable that Jesus tells the people. He says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, he'll be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, well, he'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell. And great was the fall of it. In other words, it was totally destroyed. Well, these words come at the very end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, uh, his most famous teaching. In fact, one of the most regarded and famous teachings in the history of the world. And uh, it's the summary statement that Jesus gives of his entire teaching that day. And he gives it in a parable so that everyone would take it with them in story form and, and really consider and think about all the things he had said. So let's begin to unpack it. Look at verse 24. Jesus ends, he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine. Well, what words is he talking about? He's talking about the entire Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5 all the way through Matthew 7. He's saying, whoever hears these words of mine, but, but notice it's not just hears them. Hearing them is easy. Hearing them is just showing up. But he says not only that hears them, but does them. That's a whole nother level, isn't it? He's talking about obedience. Not just hearing them and saying, hmm, that's a good thing. Yeah, that, maybe I should consider that. No, not just hear them, but, but does them. That person will be considered wise. In fact, this is, he says he's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is, is knowledge. So those things we hear from Jesus, it's knowledge rightly applied to our life. Wisdom is when I, I take what I know and I actually put it into action. That's wisdom. And, and Jesus says, you are wise if you hear his words and do them. 
he uses this story imagery, and as he keeps going, uh, one of the things that Jesus points out that for both of these guys who are building new houses, they're going to face some trials. And, and he, he, he implies that not if they're going to, but when trials come for them. You know, sometimes Jesus can be painted as kind of simplistic or unrealistic or Christians even as kind of pie in the sky and out of touch with reality. And, and listen, I'll give you that. There, there are plenty of nut jobs who claim to be Christians who are, are just way out there. But the reality is that when you really study and really consider Jesus, you'll see that he is very much in touch with reality. And so is Scripture. Over and over, I mean, this is just one example that, that trials will come. Have you found that to be reality in your life? Not that you're going to face a trial, but that, yeah, listen, I'm going to face a lot of trials in my life. Chances are you're either coming out of a trial, you're in a trial, or guess what? There's one coming soon. That's just part of life. That's reality. And the, the Bible is very real about life. And Jesus is very real about life. In fact, uh, you know, Jesus had a number of little brothers and sisters, and a couple of them wrote books of the Bible. One of them, James, he starts off his book saying this. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Listen, this is reality, friends. It's when you face trials. And in this parable, Jesus describes a huge trial that's coming for these two builders. Let's look at how the first one faces it. See, see, here's the trial in verse 25. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. That, that, that's the trial. Uh, the, the rains came and it's like a, a torrent of rain and then the floods and then the wind and it beat on this house. You ever have that happen in your life where just trial comes? Well, in, in Israel, uh, the way that Jesus' hearers at this time would have understood this, Israel was, is a pretty arid place and uh, kind of mountainous and hilly and rocky. And especially as you get down to the area where they're at around Galilee and then into the Jordan River Valley and down south towards the Dead Sea, the elevation is, is much lower. And so when it would rain up in the hills... And there would be a torrent of rain like this, just a downpour. What would happen is all the water would, would just, instead of being absorbed into the ground, it'd be too much. So it would just begin to flow and, and, and even small rains trickle down the mountain. But eventually they would become huge torrents of water. And Jesus, when, when he says the, floods came, the rain fell and the floods came, all of his hearers were, were picturing things like this where it, it seems small at first and not a big deal, but then just out of nowhere, boom, waves of water. I mean, look at this guy trying to drive down the road, and people are screaming, stop, stop, and if he doesn't stop in time, that water is going to totally wash him away. See, this is a major trial that Jesus is talking about for these guys that, that's beating on their homes. Here's some homes in Israel just in the last year of floods going through this land. And the, the water would come down, and it's just a raging flash flood. There's no time to get out the sandbags to prepare for something like this. It's raging, and the sandbags would never hold. They'd just wash away. That's why this is such a, a profound parable, because Jesus says if, if your house is built in the wrong place, guess what's going to happen when that flood water hits it, when that trial comes? Oh, man, it's going to wash away. It's going to be completely destroyed. 
And it's not if the trial's coming, it's when the trial comes. And he says, so everyone then who hears my words and puts them into practice and does them, he's like a man who built his house on the rock. And when the rains fell and when the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. But then there's another builder. See, he says in verse 26, and anyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, they, they heard him, but they didn't do anything with it. They're like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Not up on the rock, out of the floodplain, in a place that's secure, rooted in the bedrock, but in a place that's just sandy and about to wash away. That's the picture Jesus is giving. And, and the term here, here, that he'll be foolish, he's like a foolish man. Well, originally this was written in Greek, and that word is moros, from which we get the term moron. He's an idiot. He's not smart in any way, shape, or form, at least in terms of putting things into practice. See, and it's not so much that he built on the sand and just uh, didn't just wanted his house to be destroyed. It's just that he never really took time to consider the final outcome of that decision. And I wonder for you, have you taken time to consider Jesus' words? Not just hear them, but, but, but actually think about them and, and potentially put them into practice and do them. Put your faith in Christ and then live out the life that he's called you to live by the power of his Spirit. See, the Bible makes clear that the, the way through the toughest trials of life, and dare I say the toughest one at the end of your life, when judgment comes, is, a, is wholly of reflection of what you did with Jesus. What you do with him, with his words of who he says that he is, that will determine your eternity. And when that trial comes, when that judgment comes, it, the question would be, did you merely hear his words or did you put him into action? Did you put your faith in him? Because when trials come, they expose the foundation of your life. They expose the foundation of your life. When, when Jesus is telling this parable, uh, when, when the floods came, for the one house built on the rock, the floods beat against it, but it was secure. But the, uh, the other house that was built on the sand and not anchored in and down in the, it, it totally destroyed it. And the trial revealed the foundation. I wonder... Uh, what is it for you? What, what is your foundation? Is it certain or uncertain? What, what's at the core of who you are? Think back even to some of your greatest trials. What was revealed about your foundation? You know, when the floodwaters and the wind crashed and it beat upon your life, what was left? When the cancer diagnosis came, when uh, you were downsized out of a job, when disappointment crushed you, when your spouse left you, what did it reveal about your core, about your foundation? See, when trials come, they reveal the foundation of our lives. And when you looked up and found yourself in the middle of week five of isolation at home, 
with kids running around and, and it was extended for another month. What's revealed about your core? About your trust? About your hope? Is there a foundation or do you just see it all washing away in the flood? Well, uh, listen, having Jesus as your foundation doesn't mean that the house isn't going to rattle, that it's not going to shake and creak, and you might not, doesn't mean that you're not going to maybe lose some things along the way, but it does mean that in the end there's a tether holding on to you, and, and even though you're, you're sucking down water, you're going to make it. Jesus didn't promise life to be easy in trusting him. He did promise it to be better and to be ultimately better in the end when we're with him for eternity. I just wonder, what is the, have you considered Jesus? What, what is your foundation? Friends, when trials come and they expose, they'll expose the foundation of your life and they're going to find you either wise or foolish. See, wisdom, remember, that's knowledge rightly applied. It's hearing Jesus' words and putting them into action, considering who Jesus is and making a decision to trust him, to believe upon him. But the fool just hears it and does nothing with it. He's a fool. And, and wise and foolish here doesn't, re, doesn't refer to intellect. I mean, you can be brilliant and still be a fool. And, and you can be dumb as a box of rocks and be incredibly wise because you hear what Jesus has to say and you trust him and you follow him and you do what he says. We're not talking about your intellect. This is about your spiritual state. This is whether uh, you've heeded Jesus' teachings or not. See, verse 27, when the, this, this second man who built on the sand, the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. Je Jesus is, is telling us here, the storms of life reveal our true foundation. They reveal our true spiritual state. See, tests and trials and storms are hard. And make no mistake, they're incredibly hard. And, and the coronavirus and everything going on right now is one, and it's hard. But what's it revealing about your core, about your foundation? Is it certain or uncertain? Is it solid or is it moving? Is it stable even in the face of fear and turmoil and flash floods? Or is it washing away from underneath you? See, here's what big storms do. They beat and batter and strip away everything that's there, revealing your foundation or your lack thereof. Is it certain and strong? Is it uncertain and washing away? See, here's the good news. Even if it is washing away, even if you're hearing this and you're going, yeah, you know what? My life's a mess, Josh. And, and I, I'm realizing uh, that my foundation was in uh, my 401k, in uh, my job, in my identity, as uh, whatever that is. And all of those things now are gone. And it's just, it's washing away. Well, here, here's the good news. If you're still breathing, there's still time to, to rebuild your house on the rock and to build it on Jesus Christ. See, in many ways, then, this is God's grace to you to reveal that to you so that you can make a change. 
See, because here's the deal, friends. There's, there's an ultimate test that's coming. Even if you endure this and you're like, I'm, I get it, Josh. I, okay, I'm okay with Jesus. I don't dislike him, but I'm just not ready to do that. Well, listen, you need to know that there, there is a big storm coming one day. An ultimate test. An ultimate flood. Where, where my life and your life and the life of everyone who's ever lived will stand bare before Almighty God. And the question will be asked, what did you do with Jesus? What is your foundation? Ezekiel describes this time and uh, ultimately then uh, God's wrath and his judgment coming as a torrential rain and flood, exposing everyone's true foundation. And if you haven't built your life on Christ, on the rock, it'll wash away swiftly. Uh, look at this. Uh, he, he describes teachers who lead people away from him. They say peace, but there isn't any peace. They're like people who, who build a weak wall. In other words, they, they don't have a good foundation. They're not pointing to the rock, to Jesus. They're saying things uh, to just ease people's minds that aren't really true. You've got to pay attention to where you're finding your source of information and your source of hope. Is it in the rock? Is it in Jesus? Is it in his word? Because some people will say peace, but there isn't any peace. And they're like people who build a weak wall. Then they try to cover up the weakness by painting the wall white. Imagine you have a big retaining wall in your backyard holding up all kinds of dirt and you see some huge cracks in it. Or forget the backyard, how about in your basement? And you just see huge cracks forming in it and the wall is shifting and you're thinking, hmm, this doesn't look good. What am I going to do? I know, I'll paint it so I can't see the crack anymore. Well, Ezekiel's saying that's what these people do. Like, they know their wall is weak. They know the foundation's crumbling, but instead of doing, it, doing anything about it and, and putting the, making Jesus their foundation, they just whitewash it and pretend it's not there. They paint over it. He says, tell those who do it that their wall is going to fall. That pain isn't going to hold. Heavy rains will come. I'll send hailstones crashing down. Powerful winds will blow. The wall will fall down. Then people will ask them, now, where's the paint you covered that up with? In other words, how'd that paint work to shore up your foundation? You and I know that's foolish. Well, ultimately, that's what Jesus is saying here, that if you hear his words, that he's the son of God, that he's the savior of the world, and that he's, uh, you and I have a sin problem and we need to repent and trust him and believe upon him, if we do what he says, then we're building our house on the rock. And when the trial comes, and when this trial that Ezekiel describes in the future, God's wrath comes, we'll be safe. Our foundation is sure and it'll hold, but if not, you can't whitewash it. You can't cover it up with everything else that we might try to. Isaiah describes something similar. He says, so the Lord, the king speaks. He says, look, I'm laying a stone in Zion. See, here's where your foundation needs to be. Not, not covering up all the cracks in your wrong foundation with paint, but God says, I'm laying a foundation that you can trust in. A stone. And it's a stone that's been tested it's going to endure the trials. It's going to endure when the rains 
and the floods and the winds come. See, it's the most important stone for a firm foundation. The one who trusts in that stone will never be shaken. Friend, where is your foundation? What's been revealed about your core? Is your foundation one that's cracked and crumbling and you're trying desperately to whitewash it and ignore it? Or have you rooted yourself in the stone that is a firm, the only firm foundation? That's Jesus Christ. Listen, for those of you who have trusted Christ, let me remind you, you have a firm foundation. And even though everything might be beating against the house right now and beating against your life, and it may be incredibly, incredibly hard, you're going to be okay. Look to the rock. Look to Jesus. Look to what's sure and certain in the midst of your uncertainty. And if you've never trusted Jesus, man, what is the holdup? If you've never considered him, why not? Don't be a fool. For sure, don't be, don't be called a fool by Jesus. <laughs> Nobody wants that. But that's what he says you are if you only hear his words and don't consider them and do anything with them. Friend, there's a lot of options for you. Even if you're not ready to trust Jesus yet, get plugged in with Alpha. You can still jump in. We're going to be talking a lot about Jesus this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Let us know in the chat right now. Shoot Pastor Dave an email. We would love for you to be a part of that. But maybe you're beyond even that and you realize, you know what, my foundation is totally crumbling and I need Jesus. I need that rock. Well, it's very simple. The Bible is very clear that if you, would, uh, if you would turn from your own foundation, turn from that crumbling one, the Bible uses the word repent, and turn to Jesus and believe upon him that you will be saved. That's how you root your house on the rock. It's so simple. You just you, you recognize that you're a sinner and you put your faith and trust in Jesus. I would commend that to you. I'm going to pray right now and uh, for our time together. And if that's what you would like to do, I'll, I'll help lead you through that again this morning. Let me pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that in the midst of everything uh, seeming crazy and unsure and uncertain all around us, Lord, that uh, we have a sure hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus, we praise you that you're the same yesterday as you are today, as you will be tomorrow, that you're unchanging and that you are a firm foundation for our lives. Help those of us, Jesus, who have trusted you to uh, be reminded of that, to never forget it, but to continue to trust you and look to you in the midst of uncertainty. And Lord, I pray for my friends watching now who have never trusted you. But maybe by your spirit, you've revealed to them even today that they've been foolish and never considering and, and putting into practice, Jesus, what you said. They see the foundation of their life crumbling. And no matter what they whitewash it with, it's not holding. Jesus, you're calling them to you. And friend, if that's you right now, it's very simple. You, you can simply pray this prayer by faith. There's nothing magical about these words. It's all about your heart. 
But I'm telling you, if you would, if you would pray this and express this to Jesus from your heart, you will be saved. You can simply pray this right after me, okay? It's just like this. Jesus, I've made a foundation of my life that's crumbling. It's rooted in all the wrong things. And it's being washed out from under me. I, I long to have my life, Jesus, rooted in you. And so today I believe upon you. I hear your words, I hear your call upon my life, and I trust you. I put my faith in you to save me, and I give my life Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Friend, if you prayed that today for the first time, or maybe you have this week, or maybe you will this coming week, please let us know. Even right now, you can click the little box that says you've trusted Christ, and we would love to help you begin to grow in that new relationship and in that new life and build upon that sure foundation. Hey, hang in there this week. We're going to get through. We have a sure hope and a sure foundation in Jesus. You are.